Well, hello, everyone. I'm really delighted to welcome you all to TNC's latest podcast on the topic of is co-management the future model for your network? I'm John Waterhouse, CEO of Network Collective, and I'll be your host for the next 20 minutes. As I'm sure everyone joining knows, TNC is the UK's largest independent telecom strategy and sourcing consultancy, supporting over 280 major UK and multinational companies to get the best commercial, technical, operation and contractual results from their network and telecoms solutions. And joining us today to share his expertise is our CTO, Craig Northveth. Craig, would you like to say hello to our viewers and listeners? Yeah, hi, everybody. Um, welcome back to the podcast. Hi, John. Nice to have you back for this one as well. Thank you very much. Glad to be back. Slightly hotter day than when we last recorded. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so this is this is uh, this is a really interesting topic today. Um, uh, not least, Craig, because you and I wrote a white paper about this a few months ago. Yeah. So great to get an opportunity to revisit it and and to do a podcast about it. And uh, and of course, it is a really interesting topic in itself. So as as we've been reporting for some time now through lots of podcasts and lots of articles there is this technological revolution sweeping through the enterprise network market. However, harnessing sexy new technology is only part of the story. So for organizations to achieve their objectives of delivering magnificent, agile, flexible network services, it's not enough just to go after the sexy technology. You're also gonna have to build an agile, flexible operating model to support and deliver that infrastructure. So we're going to talk today, Craig, are we not, about managed services, where the world is today, but but crucially, what are these new models that are coming along and coming into the market to help organizations uh, to really gain the benefit out of these new technologies that they're deploying. And I have no doubt we're going to start talking about programmable networks and intelligent networks and, and all these other sorts of things. So a pretty interesting uh, topic for today. So let's get straight into it. You know, I love flinging some questions your way. So could, could we start off today with just an overview? What is the state of the art today? What are most organizations and most people listening likely to be doing in terms of managing their networks? Yeah, so I think it's a, it's a really good starting point, John. I think um, a lot of people listening and obviously a lot of people that we interact with through these types of sessions or breakfast or, or just general meetings um, tend to be coming from a managed service environment, a fully managed service environment. So, you know, this traditionally would be a single vendor or a small number of vendors, managed service providers effectively delivering the full end-to-end -end, um, support and infrastructure and software um, across their entire network. So when we talk about the network as well, you know, that could be within the, the, the wide area network, it could be the local area network, it could even be some of the contact center services. Traditionally, a lot of people have opted to go down that kind of fully managed service route. Um, so they've got, you know, one single contract, one single support service, um, one single SLA effectively for the whole end-to-end -end piece. Um, we're talking, I think. So, sorry, we're yes. talking there like that full stack of services, right? So in a network, yeah, you know, access, backbone, CPE, management, the whole shooting yeah. match in one in one contract. Yeah, and I think I think the reason the reason that's the case is that traditionally these things have always been interlinked. Um, so you've always thought of the wide area network being the access and the CPE, you know, the, the, the Cisco or Juniper router that sits on the end of it. And then a demarcation point there into our own internal network. 
Um, I think as we'll move on and talk about in a second, is we're starting to see them things slightly different, differently now. We've seen some separation between them different components, which is starting to now drive you know different way of thinking around how to manage the network um, and and how to get the best flexibility and agility out of the kind of technology that, as we talked about, is is, is evolving and you know, rapidly coming into the market. So, well, so, I mean, that's a that's a perfect sort of entree into into the the second question, really, which is. Okay, that's that's where most organisations either are today. Certainly, have started their 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 transformation journey. What is it about that? Let's call it the traditional model, which may no longer be fit for purpose. That's making organisations look at what they might want to do in the future. That's different. Yeah. So there's there's, there's probably two or three areas that we we can touch upon here. So. Um, I think the first, if we start, we start with technology. I think um, the evolution of technology is allowing, let's, let's say, the simplification of management. Um, so, if it's within the the wide area network, we're seeing you know, things like SD WAN capabilities being able to be centralized, uh, sorry, centrally orchestrated through a, a web-based platform. Um, we're no longer having to have the the complexities of um, command line configuration to set up a site or make policy changes to a site. It's done quite simply through sort of drag and drop type capabilities on a central point. So the, the the entry point effectively to manage the network has become much, much simpler. It doesn't necessarily require the intelligence and capability of a, a managed service provider to do. So I think that's the first point. I think the second point is, you know, where we talked about the, the, the separation of technology now as well. So <clears throat> a lot of people, particularly within the one space, um, look at, one access and one edge infrastructure as two separate entities now mm-hmm. um, because one edge infrastructure has become far more intelligent. Um, we're starting to see much more consolidation, convergence of things like security services or even you know, virtual CPE and, and running other network services from there, which don't always naturally sit with a managed service provider like a telco. So we're starting to see that separation of saying, well, we'll, we'll, we'll keep our telco, our managed service provider as providing access we want to take back over control of that overlay service and some of the intelligence and and um and you know complexity and agility that sits within there i think i think the final point to call out here and it's always an important point for us is is cost as well so you know wrapping everything up into a single managed service provider um tends to be the quite a costly approach you know we we see we see various different price points in terms of the overall percentage of cost which is made up of managed service support um, from from an MSP and it tends to be quite high um, and you know the lack of flexibility that you get sometimes with that model um, people are starting to consider could we do this better ourselves can we do it cheaper yeah. ourselves or is there an alternative approach to do this and, and, and that point about you know can we do it better ourselves I know all the points we we, we picked out in in the white paper was around the, the, at least the perception from end user organizations that that sort of single provider model the the traditional model yeah is, is a bit slow and a bit clunky is, is that a fair a fair comment it, it it is when you compare it to the, the potential capabilities that the technology delivers now um so you know a good example of this and we've used it with other customers before is if if you're going to buy into the, the kind of technology evolution and buy into the capability of having the agility and flexibility that offers. If you then wrap a, a managed service provider wrap around that, they tend to still work in fairly traditional model. Um, mm. So you know you you effectively lose a lot of the the benefit and the technological te- technological benefit 
by overlaying a, a managed service provider in there. Unless, you know, I'm not saying this is, is, is everybody's the same. There are some out there that are certainly better and, you know, we're starting to see different different people coming to the market like service integrators, which are, are standing up services predominantly to support this type of technology. Um, but, but yeah, a high percentage of the vendors out there will still act in a, a slow and clunky manner to get mm. changes made. And, you know, again, still be fairly costly as well. So, so, so given, you know, we've talked a lot about the drive for agility and flexibility in networks, obviously, then leading on to leveraging new technologies where it's SD-WAN. I know we, we're, you know, we're talking more and more these days about SASE all these sorts of different models. They're about uh, achieving an agile network, I guess, from what you're saying it's 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 you can start to see why the traditional managed service model perhaps isn't that that sort of optimized model for the future so i know uh, through some research you've been doing you, you you've looked at three potential future operating models to, to try and address some of these issues could, could you take us through those and 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 how how those alternatives might look in the future yeah sure so i think i think the first one and this one's probably been around it's been your know, direct competitors to the fully managed model for some time is the in-house management model mm -hmm. so you know you could think of this as outsource versus in-source um we've we've seen some organizations effectively take this route um particularly with the kind of off-the-shelf technologies like Cisco Meraki, for instance, and then just going out and buying local internet services and then having an, an element of success with that, you know, from a commercial perspective and from a, a speed of deployment and a general management point of view. Um, but we do also see some complexities with this model in that the more service providers, it, the more the more kind of local service providers that you add to the mix, the more complex it gets in terms of service management, billing management, contract management, vendor management, because, you know, you can get quite complex quite quickly. Mm. Um, so although there is a place for elements of in-house management, particularly around where you can add some intelligence and agility to the overall network design and network management, going full full in-house um, is something that we've seen some organizations struggle with um, just because of the complexity. I think we've got examples where actually, you know, some, some customers have decided to go down that route, but then decided to pull some of it back into a managed model because of it's in the in the too hard box to too hard to do box. <laughs> so you've got to find the, the balance right with that one, I think. And presumably in that you've got you know, there's a lot of kind of low level challenges in there of having the you know, sufficient resources, having the right skills, keeping people trained. Yeah, you know, there's lots of kind of you know, quite kind of detailed challenges in there which yeah. yeah traditionally organizations haven't you know haven't necessarily wanted to to, to grab onto yeah i think so I mean, it's a really good point the kind of acquisition and retention of skills um in this area and particularly as that starts developing out into new technology areas as well um can can be difficult um you know you've got to think to try and re replicate the the resiliency and sustainability that the MSPs have got trying to replicate that internally, um, particularly if you're like a 24/7 business, um, is is fairly challenging to do, mm. um, and can be can be fairly costly as well. Um, so the model's got to be right, you know, the kind of environment's got to be right to be able to support that in-house in-house mm -hmm. type of approach. Um, the second the second option, which is a relatively new one, and we are seeing some of the MSPs actually offer this, um, but we tend to see this more in the kind of SI space 
is this concept of build and transfer. Um, so this is where, you know, a, a service provider would come in, effectively stand up the whole infrastructure, stand up the connectivity, stand up the contact center, whatever whatever technology it might be, um, and then transfer the the orchestration of that and the support of that upon completion. So this is quite attractive for some organisations where they've not got the you know they've, they've effectively got a pool of BAU resources, but not necessarily a large pool of project or development. Um, mm -hmm. resources to effectively you know, design and develop and deliver this type of capability. Um, so we are seeing that becoming, I wouldn't say it's massively popular, but we certainly see quite a lot of interest in that capability to do that and then hand over the support mm. either to either to their internal teams, more often than not, to like another outsourcer that might be in the mix. Um, so some sort of you know, business process outsourcer or SIAM type outsourcer. Mm -hmm. Um, give it giving the keys to them once it's effectively been built and delivered. That's um, interesting. So you get the specialist resource for the kind of the, yeah. the high intensity activities around design, architecture, deployment, etc. But once you've kind of got that steady state environment, you, you, you hand that over. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So I think I think that will be one that we will see a bit more of in the future um, because again, tied to the things around the limitations of the in-house model, skill limitations. You know, being able to acquire and retain and retain uh, highly skilled people to be able to do some of this design and deployment activity um it's quite easy just to come and pay someone as part of a professional services bundle get that delivered and then yeah transfer it back into the the resources which you know over that period of time can train up or you can give it to a, an existing um incumbent service provider within the organization mm, interesting so I think I think the final model, and, and this is the one that we're probably seeing as being most popular, um, and this is across the board again, you know, from a from an MSP and an SI perspective, is this co-managed model, the concept of co-management. Um, so this is where we're starting to see um, certain capabilities and functionalities being handed back into the customer base. Um, so that could be simple, you know, policy management, routing changes, anything that can be um delivered through the orchestration platforms or web platforms um for, for things like change um is being is being effectively handed back into the customer to try and enhance that flexibility and agility of the managed management wrap um so this is we are you know again this is where we see the best of both worlds really so you've mm -hmm. still got you know a good solid single contract um, or multiple contracts supporting the overall infrastructure and the network um, but you're also allowed, you know, you've got you've got the keys to go and tinker yourself as well, um, and make changes that are critical to your business, but do them rapidly um, rather than having to wait for the process of the MSP. And, and I was going to say, it, presumably, there's an element here of trying to sort of have the best of both worlds that the customer has the agility when they need it. You know, yeah. as you say, you know, quick, urgent changes required to respond to, you know, a business impacting. Uh, situation or whatever but BAU can continue to be outsourced and managed within that 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 sort of contractual environment with the service provider without the need to resource it yourselves and and so on yeah absolutely that I think the downside to this model and what we what we tend to see is that um, commercially so you would think because the, the responsibilities are being shared um, it would be cheaper than a fully managed model I think in reality um, it probably is still a fully managed model, but with some flexibility to allow the customers to do change. So it's still priced 
and this is what we've seen so far, it still tends to be priced as a fully managed model. But yeah, with the ability to make some changes without having to go through the MSP process or SI process. So commercially, there's not any real benefits that we've seen so far. It's more around the kind of productivity and operational benefits in terms of being able to manage the network. But it's trying to get that balance of, you know, and I can see the customer logic that very often, you know, the thing that sticks out to customers and stands out to them when they're thinking about the management models is, oh, I remember an issue when such and such a thing happened. We needed to be on it in, you know, we knew what needed to be done and our service provider took 24 hours to make the change. We could have solved that there and then. But whilst that is a great case for in-house management, it's not actually a great argument for long-term in-house management because, you know, you know, it's a one-off thing. Most of the other things that happen in the background are probably fine. So it's a way, I guess, of combining those two. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a great example. Um, yeah, I, I've per- personally had that in my experience in my life as well. You can you know, see what the problem is, but you can't you can't get it fixed because it's locked down. You've only got read-only access to certain things, and it's very frustrating. But then the opposite side of that is would I want to be called at three or four o'clock in the morning to fix every single problem probably not so <laughs> I still want somebody to manage that service for me and, and make sure that yeah 24 7 we've got that capability regardless of whether I'm available or not or you know the team's available or not mm. so it's a good example I think I think we'll see more and more of this so the the what what you can do as a customer will probably increase over time um, and I think we'll also start seeing much more um, automation being built in some of these processes as well. So that co-managed model, when we've got the orchestration that the customer customer can do, you're being able to maybe integrate that into some um, customer automation platform. So it could be tied into a you know, service now, for instance, and start making changes that are, are automated and don't require that kind of human interaction once mm. issues being reported. So I think we'll, see, we'll start seeing more and more of that going forward. Yeah. But presumably, I mean, just, you know, starting to think about some of the sort of sort of main pros and cons for these these different models and so we've touched on on a number of them uh, as we've gone through but ju- just thinking about perhaps if we start with the co-managed and work back through the options you know i can see th- those benefits of the flexibility the agility whilst removing the complexity of having to design and build and manage your own network presumably though, and you've you've talked about the 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 i guess the the downside of 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 the cost presumably though one of the downsides of co-managed is you're still limited to the technology capability or the technology uh, uh solution set offered by your service provider yeah so you you are so you still i mean ultimately you still need a service provider in the mix with this model and you are limited mm. by um their both their technology availability and their capability as well um so you know you can supplement that with your own internal capability um and you know, potentially you can negotiate the level at what how co-management works the key mm-hmm. service boundaries um but you are yeah you're limited by that you've not got a, an open you know catalog effectively being able to select what technology you mm-hmm. want whereas presumably which it, to, to, to some extent must be the case with the with the with the, the build and transfer obviously the benefit potentially of the in-house managed is you can go and buy whatever you like because it's your problem to manage it so as long as you're willing to manage it you could you could go for any service provider any vendor any combination of services etc because it's it's going to be your your issue 
you could do that on a building transfer to a certain extent, but then you know if you particular if you if you select a, a certain type of technology, you'll be limited to the, the the specialisms within that technology within the market and who could do that that kind of service for you. Mm. So I think you know the more the more away you get from the norm, um, the more likely is you're going to be looking at kind of a, a bespoke or boutique type of professional service outfit to be able to do this. Yeah, um, which isn't you know not always a bad thing. Um, I think particularly when we look at some of the, the agility and flexibility of, of working with someone outside of the big, you know, MSPs out there, people are starting to consider this now as well and you know, seeing the benefits of that. So it does open the market up quite significantly. Yeah. So, I mean, just looping back to, to the topic, what, you know, what we set out to talk about, you know, is co-managed the future model for, for, for network management. I can see kind of where that, thought process comes from insofar as you know the other models the managed services well we know what the problem with that is limited technology choice it's it's potentially slow clunky it's inflexible and of course it's expensive in-house managed well all right it's 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 flexible you've got wide technology choice but poor blimey you know if you're you know a lot of organizations probably don't really want to skill up and staff up and resource up and you know technology teams and you know that's hard to scale hard to build you know potentially lacks processes etc build and transfer solve some of those but you've still got to deal with that so i can see i can see why co-management ticks a lot of boxes you know we, we use the term earlier on best of both worlds and you know it does feel like it has that element of it's got the security of a managed service with has the flexibility of you know of, of that sort of in-house model it, it, so it, it is is that where you see the market going over the next one two three four five years do you think that's going to be the winner so i think i think the so i think it'll be driven driven by two two factors really so one one the msp the msp approach the proposition to the market i think will start swinging that way um, because it's, it's it's probably seen as a value add, you know, so we can give you access to make these changes, and you can you can have a little bit more control over what's happening in your environment. We're just going to provide the the you know, the transport mechanism and make sure all the lights stay on and everything's you know fed and watered. Um, but we'll, we'll let you do some more stuff, and that's you know as a as a value proposition, it's probably quite attractive. Um, the, the 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 challenge is, and you, you've called it out right at the start, is is that. That, that would require a different um, operating model for the customer. Um, so it will require some investment in people and skills and capability within the customer base to be able to actually consume that as a service. So I think the market will start shifting that way, but it will still also offer, because it is basically still dressed up as a, a fully managed service, they'll still do everything or they'll let you do some stuff um, or you decide not to do it, you just do everything yourself. Mm. Um, but it will come down to the appetite around wanting to change the operating model and take more of that service in-house. Um, I think for some organisations, we are starting to see some of this because it's, do, it's happening in other areas like you know, cloud compute, for instance, um, and then security. And we're starting to see people build kind of you know, that DevOps type culture um, where they've got more ability to make changes themselves to their whole environment. I think as then things continue to become more and more integrated and you're kind of designing things 
with security and network you know in mind from an application point of view it'll naturally i think start moving that way um but technology is probably not quite there yet to, to, to enable yeah. that to happen but yeah i think the general direction of travel will be a slow swing more back into giving the customer some more control over how things work um and, and yeah obviously as the next phase that we've talked about in the past programmable networks um you know thinking of it as a an api almost then that's definitely when it'll start being factored into more of an in-house or development type capability mm. rather than a traditional MSP type capability. Fascinating as always, Craig. And and as always, it, it always feels like a shame when we reach the end of our time and we've got to wrap up because uh, I know we could we could easily keep talking about this and there's much more to talk about, but we have to draw it to a close. We, our 20 minutes is up and uh, uh, yeah, we'll have to save any further chat for our next podcast. But Craig, thank you as always for providing us with your extremely interesting insights. Yeah, thank you, John. It's a pleasure. And thank you, everyone, for listening and watching. As always, please do let us know any questions you have about this or any other network or telecoms topic. You can get in touch with us through our website at networkcollective.co.uk or any of our usual social channels. And we look forward to talking with you again soon. Mm-hmm.